Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Jay Cross. Hi, Mark. And Joe Branton. Well, hello there. How's it going, chaps? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, thanks for uh, for joining us, everyone, uh, if you're listening to the podcast or watching live on ampli.fi forward slash guitar nerds. Um, we've got a whole load of fun stuff this week. Um, loads of guitar stuff. We've been out and about doing things. Um, Joe Branton's got some stories. We're matless, though. We are week. matless. Worth mentioning, Who? matless. Matt, he's in Iceland. Matless. No, he's he's stacking shelves. He's working at Iceland. That's his new job. Oh, right. He's working at an Matt's Iceland. Iceland. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, without Matt Knight this week, so we'll try and fumble through without any sort of spec or any you know Real knowledge actual of knowledge of things. Um, but I'm sure we'll make a good podcast out of it. So it's uh, it's all good. Like I said, if you're watching live on Amplify, Jay is in the chat for the whole podcast. He will be answering questions, and uh, you know if you've got any questions. Do um do send them through. Um, it was very light on news this week, hmm. so um yeah, it's uh, it'd be good. But that's to, all uh, right. That's we good. Sort of made our own news. Yeah, we've made weekend. we've made our own news. <laughs> um, so what do you want to talk about first, chaps? Um, do, do I you think want... let's talk about what we talked about. What like what we did this weekend? Okay. Do you yeah. want to do, do that? Do start off with some good news? Yeah, let's start off with some good news. Okay, fine. We'll start off with some good news. So, we went to um, Arc Tangent Festival. We did, Why yeah. is it called that? Uh, Arc Tangent is an uh, an, a, uh, an album uh, by a band that are quite representative of the genre of music. What's the band? I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. I thought you I'm were a sure. leading light of the uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am, yeah. But, core. But, yeah, yeah, but... Uh, T- uh, tends to be new stuff I mean I think it all sort of the math thing sort of came from maybe a slightly more emo stroke sort of hardcore end of things and also from a post-rock sort of end of things which were you're more a prog neither genres that I'm that well versed in yeah yeah so I, sh- I should I should really listen to the album seeing as they named the the uh, festival after it but of course their stages are also named after things like that yes so, Jay have- who's it who's it by is that what oh it's an it's a uh, it's an Earth Tone 9 record Oh, really? Yeah. I, uh, Tell me about them. Earth Tone 9. I don't know a huge amount about Earth Tone 9, but I do know that um, uh, the vocalist of Earth Tone 9, uh, whose name is Carl, okay. uh, Carl Middleton, um, worked at BIM for a little while. All right. Okay. Um, and uh, he um, played in a band afterwards whose name I can't remember, but I put on. Uh <laughs> Well, this is I, strenuous. Uh, I put on a little professional while ago. promoter. Mm, what were they called? Blackstorm. Was that Ma- Neil's band? Neil's band. Yeah, yeah he Blackstorm. Was a, he was a singer in Neil's band. Oh, there we go. Yeah, um, Neil, who, uh, being a friend of ours, who also worked at Bin for a little while, and also happens to play in. Uh, he played in a really great band called uh, The Fall of Ephrafa, who uh, were a great band from Brighton. Yeah, about ten years ago, um, but yes, that's Earth Tone Nine. But yeah, yeah there you go. Um, yeah, good vocalist, no, cool. really good vocalist. But yeah, the rest of the stages because you have things like the Bixler stage named okay. after Cedric Bixler Zavala, the frontman from the Mars Volta, yep. and at the drive-in. Um, so, for people who don't know, what mm. is Arc Tangent? Uh, so it is the UK's only um, math rock, post rock, art rock festival um but it's been branching out of this is its uh this is its fourth year and it's it's sort of branching out so including a little bit of uh 
uh, hardcore and emo, doom, um, and things like that as well. So still sort of math and post rock at its core, but sort of expanding into things and lots of like a. So it's a metal festival basically. <laughs> You're an. Idiot. It's like Bloodstock. You're an idiot. Or but like Download. It does a good job of like. Uh, who's headlining? Limp Bizkit. <laughs> It does a good job of booking like quintessential uh, like origin bands for headliners. Okay. So this year we got um, uh, Led Zeppelin. We got Godspeed You Black Emperor, okay. which was great. Which is a great thing for for like as far as gear is concerned. That's a dead cool band to sort of yeah. see. Probably the ultimate slow builder band. How many people were in the band? Uh, Did you watch them? Yeah, it was uh, between... Do you remember watching them? Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, parts, parts. Uh, Between seven and nine, I remember thinking that something was very, very good at one point and praying for a while, but it was was very good. I was definitely coherent. Apparently they... uh, Because Mark and I went to the festival, but we were coming home. We didn't stay the night. It's in, uh, it's in so Bristol, this festival. So it's, it's well, quite, it's not in Bristol, it's, which is the problem. It's, it's in Cheddar. It's, a, it's, like in, it's like 45 minutes south into the, uh, like, forest... No, not the Forest it's, Dean. It's the most... Um, near Cheddar. It's right, like okay. the most stereotypically English countryside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheddar Crossing yeah. is and the... Uh, where it actually was... It, so, uh, my, I drove I drove us back afterwards, and, uh, and, like, it was a... I mean, it was a nine-hour round trip that we were yeah. in the car. Um, and Good so we left, we left fairly early but Matt said they didn't play the hit Godspeed didn't play the hit they didn't play uh, East the, Hastings which uh, is one of my favourite songs of all time a hit in the hit prog math well insofar rock. as it's the song that, rock, it's the song that everybody knows because it was on um, it was uh, 28 on Days, 28 days yeah. Later right okay the uh, like basically uh, what's that geezer's name I think they the played who wrote that. that movie who directed that movie so yeah, that fella. Uh, but they they played that at, uh, when I went to see them at the Brighton Centre as well. Actually, they did play that single then. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Danny Boyle. Boyle. Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer wrote this. Yeah, yeah. Danny Dan- Dyer. Wrote I found it. out this week that Danny Dyer's daughter is called Danny Dyer. D A N I D Y. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, wow. So. Godspeed were playing. Who else? Was, yeah. What? Who were the other big hitters? Uh, so you had like American football, Animals as Leaders, um, and then sort of more like uh, cult essential bands like Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. Mono um, played as well. Mono, Me Without You. Mono. Yeah, Mono were very good. Um, but yeah, there were some. There were some super excellent bands there. Uh, Pliny and uh, um, there were a few other like really cool, awesome bands that I forget. Who were a bit bigger, but I went to see sort of a lot of the the smaller things as well because there was some really interesting stuff like the French band Fall of Messiah. They were really interesting for sort of soundscapey sort of stuff. Uh, the last ever cleft gig happened. Really? Okay. There they they were splitting up. Yeah, but of course it was also the last ever show for um, uh, Meet Me in St Louis. They, okay. They reformed to do that, that to do one, one show. No, really? they played some shows last year, didn't they? I oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. They okay. they played a few. Excuse me. I thought they got back together. Actually. Oh, maybe they have. They maybe played they a have. show at the. Um, they played a show at the Tuffnell Park Dome in London. One um, of the weirdest like venues in the UK. Cap. I really like it there because it's, it's like, like, like old school hall. Yeah, the stage is the stage is big and like the room is quite long. It does look like a school hall, um, but like the stage is quite high, so you can like everyone everyone can yeah. see. Basically. Yeah, it's a proper um, old school venue. Yeah, I, I really liked it there, but they they, they sold that out, I think, and. They play, yeah. I think they might be back together. Maybe I don't know. I don't so, know. what was the uh, what was the vibe on gear? Well, that's it. I mean, it's a massive show for for gear. Um, and uh, and actually, Alma were one of the other great bands. Oh yeah, that, who that we've, we've interviewed we've before. Sound, yeah, we we did a a, a bit of a rig rundown uh, in association legally. Not a rig rundown, a pedalboard oh, showcase. Sorry, yes, a pedal a pedalboard showcase, of course. Um, but yeah, there was uh, also um, well, Boss were quite heavily involved in Art Tangent this year. Boss brought along a a truck that they've been taking on tour around Europe and to a couple of festivals in the UK, uh, which was just filled with their gear, and yep. you could go and try out anything you want, all of their pedals, all their amps. Uh, they had a bar on the roof. Um, and they were in the morning between 9 and 11 before bands start they had uh, little showcases of bands playing 
um, kind of slightly more ambient, chilled out versions of of a few songs. Okay. So people were gathering for that. I noticed quite that early you were breakfast. polymath. Your outfit were billed to do that. Yeah, and uh, didn't end up doing it. No, unfortunately, it, it ran. It all ran over. Right. Um, a lot of it, as, as you know, I think it was maybe underestimated. Even though these were ambient shows, the amount of gear that yeah. these sort of bands bring <laughs> requires a certain setup time. So no, we didn't play that. We did was, play. Was not everyone just using boss pedals that were already there. Um, no. Okay. No. Right. Now everyone was making up. Their own, everyone was bringing their own set, right. sort of thing, which was which was sort of part of it. But yeah, that, that whole boss thing was uh, was really cool having the uh, the stage there. And yeah, my band got to play. We played on the on the first day, the Thursday, because the festival takes place on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But on Thursday they do returning bands from last year because we played last year, right? And they do the best bits of those. So okay. we were very chuffed to get counted in amongst that. So what was the um, overall um, kind of gear situation? What did you see a lot of in terms of guitars? What did you see a lot of in terms of pedals? What were people using amp-wise? Well, Telecasters are kind of the... Um, the in-guitar. Yeah, the guitar for that sort of thing. I mean, I guess a perfect sort of uh, blank canvas to build on where if you if you have loads of effects. Yeah, Telecaster, talk about pedal platforming amps, but pedal platforming guitars, yeah. probably the telly. Yeah, exactly. Um, just because, you know, the more stuff you're stacking inevitably in a lot of cases the more treble you're losing so yep. why not go for something as bitey as a as a telecaster yeah bit um, of extra definition that you don't get with a les paul or exactly um, and a bit of more oomph that you don't get with a strat yeah yeah exactly so yeah so lots of tellies but actually because it was a bit heavier this year we were seeing um a few more sort of other bits and bobs obviously guitars to mention that were there were tosin abassi was playing his new ibanez signature which is not yet out okay uh, what so does that consist of? It's only a prototype model at the moment. So basically, so before, and another guitar that featured actually uh, a couple of times at this festival was played by Pliny, was Strandberg, who were actually our brand of the week last week. Okay. There were two Strandbergs Yeah, there. we did talk about them last yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. So, um, they're, they're popping up everywhere. I just noticed yeah. that they've got picked up a UK yeah, dealer now that as well. As well so. Yeah, just after I do brand of the week. I mean, who's <laughs> watching these podcasts? Yeah, know? yeah. Uh, really but, got your um, finger on the button. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there were... So uh, Tosin Nabassi used to play Strandbergs and he's really... He's basically had his new Ibanez kind of made in that that sort of style so it's not headless like a Strandberg yep. but it, it is fan I think it's fan fretted but it certainly mimics the Strandberg body style which really is a, which has sort of like a, a weird cut out around the bottom so that you can wear it sitting down in that yep. traditional stance he's gone more for that and it's kind of the whole it's the top is like a matte sort of grey white and the pickups match but he's gone for EMGs now okay and and then the back is uh the back and sides are like the plain mahogany that I think it's it's made from. Yeah. Um, so really cool, really sharp looking guitar, but very That's very modern. Where his last guitar was, of course, was an RG basically. Yeah, but it's very traditional looking RG at that. Yeah. You know, things like the um, the torque guard, the binding, the um, uh, the, the top on yeah, it, it flames like, top. Qu- it was quilted. Top, yeah. Um, everything about it was very traditional, and and sort of the pickups were in your sort of traditional like Demarzio looking humbuckers, and to go from that to now EMGs in some sort of like a like gunmetal grey finish, it's it's a really it's a, it's a complete change in style. Yeah, for him. Uh, but but that was cool. It was great to see that and hear it. Um, it it sounded it sounded. No, I didn't like it. I didn't really? like it at all. I tell you what, I've seen over that festival. I saw two bands that turned up with profiling amps, and both of them I thought sounded absolutely crap. It's all very well having profiling amps in videos on albums, but when you have it live and there's no amps on stage, I just thought it sounded really pants. both times like notably pants. Okay, um, interesting. So yeah, I think it really sealed the deal that I think profiling amps are just the current version of what I guess everyone thought rack gear was in the 80s yeah or, or like digital modelling yeah. was in the early 2000s in, in 20 years were... people will be laughing at the fact that people were selling their valve amps and buying Kempers yeah yeah uh, yeah I, I really I, I, I don't buy into it at all having seen them sort of alongside bands that use sort of you know traditional valve gear very very well so that was cool to see that of course it was cool to see the Strandbergs that, yep. that Pliny were using so yes yeah, yeah. we interviewed uh, it's worth mentioning that as well as going to the festival just to hang out we're actually doing some video content so we interviewed a select number of people uh pliny was one of them uh australian um i guess he does all the music on his own mm-hmm. but then when he plays live he's got a bit of a band with him yeah the, he has the band from intervals playing okay. live who he also 
plays in. Oh right, okay, fine. Um, yeah, he was, so he was using Strandberg, and he was talking. He was using profiling amps. Yeah, that's right. He was talking about maybe switching to some Valve stuff though, because he'd been using some Valve stuff. Um, really interesting interview because he's never used a Valve amp. Right. He went to um, try one and didn't know how to use the standby. Right. Um, and was just Mental. totally confused about turning one on yeah. um, and had to be taught how to do it so yeah that interview's up on the YouTube channel really cool guy um, with I was very- starting to miss that yeah I popped out to get some to, well, I popped out to get some food and ended up being out for about 45 minutes an hour like that. because yeah, the, yeah. the vegetable stew that I bought you was apparently I think they grew the vegetables whilst yeah. I was there yeah <laughs> so um, yeah so I was gutted I missed that yeah so that was um that was super cool like really uh, interesting interesting little setup lots of um, lots of cool effects as well that we okay. saw I saw across the board sort of looking at um, the pedal boards of, of a lot of bands that are playing everyone seems to have bought the Boss DM2W yes like, so oh, but it's everyone. such a great pedal isn't it I know I know I mean there was one there was one guy who had the original DM2 yeah well that was, was um, that was Tom from, from um, uh, Envoys, Envoys, Envoys yeah. yes who we've done a, that did that demo go? Did yeah, it's that really go up. up? Yeah, it's really up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also had the original uh, CE2. He did, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god, his well, I mean, pedal board because it was it's amazing. It was so funny. So we were doing that. We were doing that video, and uh, like Mark had sort of taped everything out so that like you know we could be off off of camera, like out of shot from where. But Joe was doing the up close video, and at one point I sort of went over, and I, I Joe totally hadn't noticed, and I just like sort of like tried to nudge him without like making nudge a camera, and just went like. Real ones. <laughs> and then you sort of went, oh, yeah. just like held the camera like. <laughs> because we were doing the videos kind of in association with Boss, we had some Boss banners in the background. Yeah. And the one on the right-hand side literally had the DM2W and the C2W yeah. right there. And then it's like, oh, wait, but there's there's real ones there. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about it. And, you know, Tom was saying that, you know, he'd heard the new ones and really impressed. I was really interested in what he was saying about he loves using them because they... That both of them give a little bit of a boost to his signal yeah. as well. Um, yes, just being in the chain, which is, which is great. I, I just love the idea of these sort of old buffers. That yeah, are still nice old school buffer in there. Yeah, yeah, almost so bad that they change your tone somehow. Yeah. but it's quite a desirable thing. Yeah, it's a, definitely, yeah. definitely. It was, um, yeah. So it was, what surprised me actually of the people that we saw, pedal boards were a little bit smaller uh-huh. than I imagined. Um, prog and you know post rock you tend to think of you know massive rigs and we certainly saw we, that your guitarist yeah. has got well we I think we did the bulk of the big pedal board people in in sort of the, the you know the lower end of math when we did the the things in in London the other yes. time so bands like Alma Vassa Cleft Alpha Male Tea Party they're all the guys with absolutely huge pedal boards and yeah Tim from Polymath as, as well but yeah there were a lot more compact Definitely. Boards. I mean, one of the bands we didn't do, because unfortunately they seem to have sent their gear home, but uh, was Bodyhound, who sort of popped in briefly. You guys might have noticed them. They're the sort of completely out-of-it Sheffield boys. Yes. Yeah, they're they're really young, the most unreliable people to turn up and play a gig ever, but probably the best musicians I've ever really? seen. I, I, would, I, would, I think they are probably the best technically math band there virtually don't use pedals like they just stick to one sound but um but just there seemed to be a lot of them because we we did sort of start an interview with them but then it turned out that they didn't have any of their stuff yeah we didn't no we We got them to our interview area um and they didn't have any gear with them um so how many people are in the band it looked like there was like six or something there's two guitarists bass player and a drummer okay fine fine um so yeah that's what surprised me one of the guys from envoys that we interviewed uh tom obviously with the the old boss stuff had a huge pedal board, um, but the other fella whose name Steve. I think is Steve. Yeah, Steve. Um, he had like three pedals. I think yeah. he had a tuner. Is three tremolo. delays? It was, no, 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 no. It was uh, he had a he had a tuner, an overdrive, and a reverb. Pe- yeah, cathedral reverb. Yeah. I think it was. I think it, that was. I think that was maybe it. I don't think and they he, were even like stuck to the board either. They were just in a bag. They were just there, yeah. It was funny. Like he, um, so I'd, I'd not met. Uh, I'd met Tom very briefly um, because his our jobs had sort of like intertwined at one point, um, and so we'd met very briefly. But I'd never met Steve before. And whilst uh, Tom was doing his interviews, me and Steve were just sort of like having a chat, and he was like, "God, yeah, I didn't realise this is quite as." 
involved as this so i've only got i don't re- i've only got three pedals like <laughs> i hope this isn't too full and i was like no mate honestly don't worry about it and we got to talk and, we, and it turns out we've actually got a bunch of mutual friends he's from leeds so mm-hmm. you know yeah they're a leeds leeds but yeah they um so i was just like look don't worry about it like i don't know anything about this stuff anyway it's all it's all front <laughs> so, so uh, <laughs> he's he's actually very much the sort of backbone of that band like right. a really chunky sort of rhythm section to allow tom to go off and do wacky stuff over right. the top without too many restrictions uh so it kind of makes sense him sort of cutting back um, yeah yeah it was um it, it was a lot fewer pedals for most of those people than i imagined one cool thing that we did do is we interviewed a saxophonist yeah i wasn't there for that oh no you weren't that's right from yeah. Man- otto, otto from, from Mannheim. Mannheim. yeah and it was i really an like Mannheim though they're a great band it was really cool to get weird sounds yeah they're a really interesting well that we uh, the guitarist his name escapes me but we interviewed the guitarist first and he said basically the idea uh, his name was mark i think wasn't it Oh, it was mark yeah. you're right yeah, yeah, yeah. um his um yeah he was saying that on their latest record he they've tried to make the instruments not sound like they are. What they are, yeah. He, so we tried to get a guitar sound that wasn't particularly guitar-y, um, but without like using loads of effects. Again, his pedal board was much smaller than I imagined. It was just like electronics, microsynth, and a delay and a tuner, maybe. Mm. Um, so that was like, yeah, it was that strange philosophy of not using regular guitar sounds, but also not using a lot of pedals. And that was the same with Otto, who is their baritone saxophone player um, who yeah was using like three pedals but he was saying that his sound you know a lot of his um, saxophone playing friends were saying you're, why are you not on this record he's like oh no no I'm there it just doesn't sound like a saxophone right, and he's wow. making all these weird synth noises and stuff it was really cool actually whilst um, Mark was doing his interview I'm sure it was Mark. Yeah, it was Mark. I'm sure it was. Because yeah, I think you had a Mark moment. Yes. Um, whilst Mark was doing his interview, uh, me and Otto were stood at the back. Just, uh, my job is kind of like uh, talking to people, just being nice. You're the greeter. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the nice one. I'm the nice one of the, the game. The fluffer, if you will. Yes, I'm the fluffer. Yeah, absolutely. So he was, uh, me and him were just talking. He was like, so, um, yeah, do you... Uh, you ever had any saxophones on your channel? And What's I was that? like, nah, man, nah, nah, not it's really. Just sort of like nerds. pedals and stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah. Do you want to see my pedal board? And I was like, oh, yeah. And he was like, he was so keen to get involved. It was great. It was, <laughs> and his enthusiasm for like making stuff sound weird was really, like, really cool, really exciting yeah. to to be a, be a part of. Like, it was it was great. They, they seemed like such, I, I mean, I've not heard the band. Um, but they yeah, seem like great. such lovely geezers. I've not put that video up yet. I'm waiting to see what the reaction is when we put up a saxophone video on the Guitar Nerds YouTube channel <laughs> and see the absolute hate speech that will uh, fill the uh, fill the comments. So, so that was pretty much Arctangent. Um, you saw some bands. We did some interviews and stuff. Um, do go to the YouTube channel because they're all up there. I think we did like nine or ten different interviews yeah. during the day. Yeah. Um, and some really kind of different takes on that math rock sound people talking about different amps people talking about different guitars and pedal boards ranging from ridiculous on the polymath side of things through to very minimal on uh, you know Mannheim and uh, and envoys in in the case of Steve only using three three or four pedals so i think it'll be interesting to see what boss do as well next year because they were saying that they've they've had really great luck at some of the festivals they've been going to and, yeah. and obviously Arctangent worked out really well for them they were saying they had uh, the they had um half the amount of data capture that they had at their last festival at the end of their first day well I guess it makes sense you know it's a load of nerdy guitar people it is yeah. it's, the, it's the ultimate sort of nerd was, music festival it was such a um, it was like that whole idea of the boss truck was was such a, a great idea I mean I, I was speaking to uh, one of the fellas from boss uh, Mark who who uh, listens to the podcast uh, I was speaking to Mark um about about the whole thing and i was like look mate to be honest with you when i first heard that you were doing a boss truck i was just like what a total waste of money what like where is this marketing budget like this is out of control what are they doing and i thought that right up until the point that i actually stepped in it and i cannot i cannot believe how incredible it is in there so cool just like everything's all set up you just walk in you like you play whatever you want the people are working there and they'll help you out if if you want them to help you out if you don't want them to help you out they'll let you do your thing everybody was like because it was so chill in there like all the people that were walking in and like 
asking to play stuff were like really chill like it was just a, a really lovely vibe and you know they had every pedal you could want they had um even stuff that like we hadn't seen before like they had uh one of the massive mixing desks yeah like a 20 grand mixing desk and yeah. the, the waza amp i'd never seen before and, yeah, the, 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 and the amps as well of great. course yeah and you know and alex hutchins was yeah, there alex like, hutchins you know sort of face the face of boss yeah, almost yeah. um you know it well was, alex it, i was speaking to alex and he was saying that um that Tosin Abassi came and found him and was like, oh, you're one of my guitar heroes. And wow, amazing. <laughs> Alex That's really funny. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's really That's funny. so cool. But yeah, I mean, if you, honestly, if you get the chance, like the, the truck is, um, the truck has been doing a tour. I think it's still going. Yeah, I think um, it's got, I, I think mm, it might have been its last festival actually. Or maybe it's it? got I mean, one more. I know they've been to a bunch of stores and there's a couple of people in the, uh, Dave in the uh, Amplify group saying that it, uh, it, it, pulled up outside his local music store so like i know that it's been doing a bit of a tour hopefully they carry it on because it it really is quite a sight like yeah it, it's We're actually the sort of thing they. that i think even if it had been in brighton i'd have been like mm, i'm not that bothered but having been there and seen it i really like completely changed my mind I, yeah. it's a really really wonderful place to go and check sure. stuff out and like nothing else that we've ever seen in this country I don't no. think we should stop that there because uh, Matt Knight is, his ego is going to get inflated oh now being yeah. part I don't, of the, uh, I don't think he'll listen the he boss really crew listen. No, oh, maybe definitely, he will. I don't definitely know. not um, so shall we move on to some sad news yeah do you want to um, do you want to do this one yeah I guess so so um, some sad news this week uh, friend of the podcast friend of mine uh, and legitimate guitar hero mm. I think uh, Tom Searle of Architects uh, died this week uh, really really sad um, he had uh, he had been battling cancer for the last three years and I, I hadn't realised that it was kept quite so under wraps like yeah. no, nobody realised yeah. um, that this was all going on and you know yeah it's it's really sad like Tom was such a lovely guy he came on and did a podcast with us yeah we about, did I think it was in April or May something like that yeah. yeah I mean it's quite easy to find if you go back on iTunes yeah. it's or... definitely worth a listen because his setup's really his, interesting his, not well. only is his setup really interesting he is you know I mean genuinely a, a guitar hero like yeah. you know you look at any sort of you listen to an interview with you know any sort of modern metal band or even just like heavy rock band and they're all like, oh yeah, that like that latest Architects record, amazing. And you he know, did it all by the age of twenty nine. Yeah, twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So you know, they they started him and Dan, who's his brother, who I lived with for a few months, uh, uh, and that's how I sort of got close with those guys. Um, they they uh, they started that band when they were like fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, kind of. And you know, they've just they've done it all, and it's yeah, amazing. Like really, really great band. Um, and it's it's really sad. Uh, he was a wonderful, wonderful human being, a great guitar player. Uh, like his setup was great. Like Mayonnaise uh, in Dorsey, yeah. been through all like loads of amps. Like he ended up with a, uh, with a with a diesel rig that was just so wicked and like proper. I, I was listening to a couple of songs off of the most recent record, uh, and like you hear all of these like all the striming effects going off yeah, that, he, yeah. that he like got really into over the last couple of years so. if I, I, despite Architects being from Brighton and stuff it, I never really got into it because there was yeah. at the at the point where they were sort of starting to do gigs the scene here kind of diverged into like punk and ska and yeah. then metalcore very yeah. much um, so I never really listened to any Architects but I listened to the last record um, like yesterday or the day before that is a proper opus like yeah. oh it really is absolutely yeah, yeah. fantastic yeah um and the lyrics obviously make quite a lot of sense absolutely yeah so the, now that the, you know what was going on in, yeah. on his life you know so the record's called uh all our gods have forsaken us and all abandoned abandoned us. us sorry all of our, all our gods have abandoned us and the last track on there is called memento mori which is uh latin for be mindful of death and like it's it you know he knew what was going on in his life and everything he like he him and sam the uh the vocalist who is another like really lovely interesting character um like incredible drummer as well little yeah. no, little known fact sam carter from architects one of the best drummers i've ever seen good drummer um but yeah they uh they like did a lot on the uh on the lyrics together and it's uh yeah it's 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 been uh it's been a sad week in in the brighton 
community. I think there's Definitely. been a lot of uh, a lot of outpouring from a lot of uh, a lot of lovely people. So there is um there is a place that you can go and donate to there one is, of the local yes. hospices. So the hospice where Tom spent the last. Do you want to? Um, there's a just giving page. Do you want to just is. find out what yeah, it is? Um, me... I think we're planning to give some of the Patreon money. Yes, as well. Um, so yeah, if you already donate to that or like you're thinking about it, just know that we're going to be giving some of. Uh, some of that money over to the to the hospice um, through the Just Giving campaign. Um, yeah, it's local local to us, and apparently, you know, um, looked after him really well. Uh, so definitely worth sending. Yeah, some money so to. the um, the page is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Thomas Searle, which is S uh, E A R L E. Um, there's already been a bunch of money donated for them. There's you know some really generous donations from some from people. Uh, but yeah, we, we like we're going to do a donation, and you know, if anybody's ever listened to Architects, uh, you know, have a read of what Dan, his brother, said um, on the official page because it's it's really lovely, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, very very sad week, yeah. indeed. Um, but yeah, so make sure you check out that. I, I, one of the other things is I was looking, and uh, it's it's really cool that the record, the most recent record, um, like uh, was a little bit more popular in every country that it was released than the previous record like in the UK I think it finished 15th in the charts and the last one finished 16th in the charts okay. and in the US I think the last one was like 120th and this one was like 116th and I'd imagine in Australia it got to number 2 did it? Yeah. I know they're, they're pretty big. Oh, they were pretty big. Oh, still are. We don't yes. know what's happening with the band. No, I mean, so what they said, they're still going to tour They're going to tour record. the last record. Um, they've got, like, loads of tour dates booked. I know that they'd done some shows without um, without Tom uh, because he was too sick to do it. So his guitars are already tracked and ready to go. Um, Adam, the other guitarist, is an incredible guitar player. Again, really lovely. I've, I've, I've spoken to him about coming on the podcast. Hopefully we can get that at some point because he's, he's such a like really lovely geezer and uh, another yeah great guitar player so so be cool to do that but um, but yeah check out the Just Giving page and and uh, and yeah if you can donate a little bit if you're into anything that they did the uh, yeah it'd be it'd be really cool shall we do some uh, slightly more upbeat yes regular gear news <clears throat> news that was really loud well, M- louder than normal well yeah, you know. Sorry. Um, so, um, only one bit of news this week. Yeah, I guess we're in that period. Well, I think where... too, we're going to drop in at the second secret bit of news. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. We should do it here. I yeah, think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's there's... do the PRS thing first. Yeah, I mean, that's I guess what the secret and then thing we'll crescendo. is. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. We'll we'll peak um, at the uh, the second bit of news. So first up, uh, PRS have announced a private stock custom twenty four eight string PRS's first venture into the eight string world I guess see I was unaware that um, that dentists played eight strings well Um, dentists like metal too have we got some uh, have we got some spec Joe Branton can you get that up for us we're really missing Matt this week Um, and Matt's he's usually the man on the he does that so it's it's a private stock Yes. Um, eight string, which means it's going to be an awful lot of money. Yes. I don't think any prices are floating <laughs> around yet, but uh, yeah, there it is. So, so it's been designed for and with uh, Periphery. Okay. Um, who are a eight string band. Um, I don't know if they've always been. Have they always been? Mm, I don't think so. No, I they're just an extended range band. I think they were seven string really until right. eight strings. Really. I think he doesn't Mark Holcomb, who is the person yep. they've described. Um, designed it with doesn't he already have an SE signature I believe oh I don't know about that which I think is maybe even just a 6 string although it may be a 7 so yeah so it looks like a flame top custom 24 basically yeah they've got um, their I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. But Duncan, uh, Alpha and Omega pickups. Um, so, you know, they are huge, fierce sounding. Big um, blocky soap bars, basically. Yeah, absolutely. That is great. This is, um, I mean, they're only it's, making eight of them. They're only making eight of them. They're only making eight. Are they really? Yeah. Right, okay. Just read that tuning out for us there, Joe. (laughs) So, designed to be tuned to F sharp. Yep. B. Mm -hmm. E A D G B E. Yeah, so it's it's standard tuning. It's it's, with it being an F sharp. Yeah, that is true. It's just basically standard tuning. It's like, it's not. I'm not used to these eight string things, but F sharp is a ridiculous note. It is. It is. Super low indeed. Um, So, they're only making eight. The headstock looks utterly ridiculous with eight yeah. tuners on it like that I don't really know how they've kind of crammed those on what to what is essentially a regular PRS headstock but yeah, I don't I mean, know if it is a regular PRS headstock I think it's a little bit bigger maybe it's a little it's bit like, wider, like, look, it? It in relation to I mean I realise that we're just we're, this is great radio but we're you know the, the it looks right in relation to the, the width of the neck and the neck is obviously it's wider huge. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, of it yeah, being yeah. an eight string but no trim um, which it seems like finally um, guitar companies are realising that when you're going down the route of making something that's extended range you kind of shouldn't put a tremolo on yeah. there which like is something that we've been saying privately I guess um, or at least you know just in passing conversation for probably 10 years well, we've sort I've, of said it about every guitar ever don't well, we do, yeah, of do, course but I've, but I've always like kind of at what point in the in the design process of the Fender Bass 6 did someone go oh yeah the trem works really well on this <laughs> I mean have you have you ever tried to use the trem yeah, on a Fender Bass it doesn't make sense it doesn't do anything it can't do anything yeah, yeah, yeah. like the strings are already so flappy it doesn't it makes absolutely no sense putting one of those on there they were um, talking on the 60 Cycle Hum podcast this week about whether or not Fender 12-string strats have trems. Uh, and I think they either couldn't remember or they did come to the conclusion they don't have them. Um, they definitely don't have them. Like, imagine trying to put a trem on a on a 12-string. That would be a bit That'd of a mess. That would be hilarious. I've, like- only, I've only played one a couple of times. I think twice we had them in the shop whilst I was yeah. there it's a I weird know sound I ever did a 12 yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they've got the hockey stick headstock on no, them usually so um, so there we go anyway uh, PRS are doing an 8 string and if you have got if you're Minty Mintos and you've got plenty of money um, and you're one of 8 people in the world mm-hmm. that wants the guitar oh, PRS, dentists yeah PRS dentists well, presumably, periphery presumably Mark Holcomb is going to get one well yeah you <laughs> so maybe imagine. there's only 7 or, yeah. I mean but what happens if he breaks a string like He's I'd gonna, want 2 yeah if it was like, and I, so maybe there'll only be six, and PRS will want to keep one of them. Exactly. So five. There's got to be at least five dentists who are into <laughs> who periphery. Really like periphery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, maybe. Maybe we'll see. Anyway, so one more bit of news this oh, week, oh, oh, oh. Um, which I think is going to work on the podcast. But you know, it's a special <laughs> treat for those watching live and on the YouTube catch-up video. Um, we've been sent our first proper listener mail yeah I wanted to have the box but we'll do the box in the because we're going to do a pro, a, another yeah. video we just couldn't wait yeah. we, we're basically going to do a proper unboxing of this thing um, and this this amazing box that a listener has sent us so this is um, JD Short who yeah, is one, one of, of the Patreon backers one of our special Patreon backers um, has sent us some stuff basically <laughs> he heard us he heard us talking about uh, something not 100% positively on the uh, on an Should earlier bring yeah, yeah. bring him up bring and him up is, bring him up so uh, this is no this good is, for me no but we will no. we'll explain this to the listeners obviously as well I think from the loud kind of uh, glass on yeah. glass crashing sound that you guys have just made um, it's 
We've been sent to Marshall Beer. The Marshall Beer. The Marshall Beer. Let's see if this works. Did we... One sec, one sec. There we go. Oh, there you go. Did we talk about these on the, we did. On we the talked main on... podcast or did we do it on the Patreon? Is this we... stereo? No. Should I do this one in that no. one? No, no, definitely don't do it over Joe's computer. That'd be bad. So um, these Thanks, are the, the uh, Marshall beers. Um, two yes. flavours. Uh, this is your live <laughs> podcasted taste test. Yeah, so we're doing your taste test. So what have I got? I've got the blonde. I've got... The blonde. I've got the triple craft which is 8.6%. Oh, Blimey. You've done, I've only got the 6% one. So we should explain what this has on it. So it's uh, so the fascia of the of the bottle is much like a, It looks like a Marshall amp. A Marshall amp. Um, and it says rock and roll craft beer. Is that what it says on yours? Mine says original rock and roll triple craft beer. Wow. Oh, okay, man. fine. So okay. Um, two flavors. Uh, I'm I don't drink. So you guys are going to do the taste test. Down Jay, you're starting one. I don't think down in one. Jay's, Jay's starting off one. with the uh, triple the triple craft, the, triple craft, the 8.6%. Um, what's the uh, he's he's swigging. What's it's the, really nice. Is it? It's good. It's maybe a little bit. What what amp does it taste like? It yeah. tastes it tastes Would just you... like that time that I took a bite out of. Um, I accidentally mistook. Um, you know how small those uh, class fives are. Uh-huh. I accidentally mistook one of those for um, a piece of bread that I was making a sandwich with. You and really I, crunched I, into I, it. I put it in. It tastes just like that. No, it's really nice. It's maybe a little bit fruitier than I normally would go for. On a, um, on a scale of um, JTM forty five yeah. through to. Uh, JVM where is where does it sit on that scale um, it's definitely a lot more simple than a JVM okay like 1974 I would say this tastes I mean it's quite strong so it's like it, but it's like this is a reliable beer I'd say this is a this is a 1960A okay maybe not that's, that's a little a bit, bit what maybe a 1960A DSL 50 <sighs> reliable sure. yeah maybe strong it's good though. It's good. You give yours a go, right, Joe. Right, right. Okay, so Joe, Joe is now doing the. Um, what was this one again? Remind us. Heady. Okay, good. Very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. All right. Which one is this one? That's the other one. The okay. blonde. This is oh, the blonde. So this is six point six percent blonde. That has got. That is a rich aftertaste. That okay. Is a good beer. That's really welcome to the uh, yeasty aftertaste. That's great. Beer nerds podcast. I mean, that's like a limited edition class five. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. What I like about this on the label is where it says blonde. It is written in the the same font that is on the corner of a nineteen sixty eight. I like that. Take a round. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. So um, Jay's now showing this for the camera. So um, there we go. So the Marshall beers. What are we saying? Uh, If we're going to give early impressions, early review scores. Yes. do a quick swap and give what are we us. Rating them out of eleven. Got, oh, we've got, got rate them out of eleven. Right, this one's got coriander in it. You're the one that you've got now. Ooh. I just had a look at the ingredients. I just realised I didn't check to make sure these are vegan. I'm sure they're fine. God. All beers vegan. It's fine. Um, so okay. So what we need you to do is have a swig each of the other beer, share in germs, and then you need to give them both. Ooh. Collectively, that, that one's better. You need to give them a review score a out better, of eleven. That one's an easier drink, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this one just as much. Just a rich aftertaste. Okay, so just to bring this mm. back um, for the listeners, right? The, so the first one, which <laughs> is the uh, rock and roll craft beer, which is the triple craft. Is that right? The triple mm. brewed. What we're we giving it out of eleven. That, that, that's this one. Yeah, this that's is that the one. Triple one. Okay, and one. that's the. I would say that's the original one. I really like that. I, I like mm. that a lot. Smoother. That one's definitely smoother. This one's sharper, but I think I'm going to have one... to hurry you for a score. I'm going to go with a, a a ten and an eight. A ten out of all the beers you've a ever ten. tried. <laughs> oh right? no! I thought we were just rating them out of these two beers. Well, no. I mean, that doesn't make got... sense. How do you oh, rate two Fine. things out of eleven right. between them? <laughs> Mulholland Drive is the better. best Mulholland Drive I've ever seen. <laughs> That is a slightly better beer. I don't know. Out okay. of 10? I would say I would say this not really is my out, thing. Of, out of eleven. This is like a, a nine. That's right. the that's the blonde, the, is it? No, this is the the triple craft. It's okay. really nice. Right. And the and blonde, I don't seven, normally, I don't. Mm, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of blonde beers, but I'd say right. that's a, I'd dr- I, that's a five out of eleven. Okay, yeah, maybe a six out of eleven. I'd drink it again. Yeah, five or a six. I wouldn't yeah. choose to drink it, but if someone if someone wants to send us some more, right. then I'll drink them. Well, five we've... or a six. Okay. I think if you're going to buy one, people, buy this one. Yeah, buy the buy um, the, uh, the triple craft. The, no, it's 8.6%, so, so don't drink it 
if you're driving home from a show, don't go to a show and buy this beer. And drink. Yeah. In fact, that one's 6%, so you probably shouldn't drink... E- I mean, you shouldn't drink they're at both, all. They are Certainly both don't if you're driving. drugs into them. That's, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely do not do but, that. Um, yeah, if you're... Um, yeah, this Triple Craft is really nice. Apparently, So we're giving that a 9 out of 11? I'd give it a 9 out of 11. Okay, and this one we're saying the blonde is a sort of 6 out of 11. Yeah, yeah. it tastes fine. Well, that, that's really good. There we go. I'm so well look, looking forward to a full review on the YouTube channel. good Marshall Beers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a review of them um, on the Gitano's YouTube channel where we've got, what, five left of each? Um, where yeah basically you guys are going to drink them and uh, review them after you've had five each of them quality 8.6% should we do do brand of the week brand of the week as solid as ever Joe Branton you've got a brand for us to discuss this week yeah so uh, so this week um, not as modern as last week when we were talking about Strandberg but certainly not as retro as the week before when we were talking about Wondra. Um, so, uh, yeah, kind of a, a happy medium. Um, I'm going to talk about Gordon Smith guitars. Okay. Um, you, you guys familiar with We Gordon are, Smith the much? UK punk rock's premier guitar. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Is that where they are? Oh, 100%. That's interesting because that's kind of a slogan that they go for on their uh, on their website. Um, there's, they have a very lengthy slogan that's something like a bought by punk grandparents handed down to um uh, i can't remember it's like handed down to young punk rockers parents and then on to grunge kids it's something like that it's like okay. a, a long thing that just explaining that, that sounds about right it's there for every genre which is pretty cool so, i've just i've yeah, googled yeah. Gordon, gordon smith and if you, yeah, if you google gordon smith the this. first result is gordonsmithmedium.com yeah. who is the uk's most accurate medium okay so <laughs> that's not the one i meant to click on Excellent. that's that's a sad state of affairs isn't it yeah. when you if you google gordon smith the first thing the first result well, isn't gordon smith guitars well, this is it they have very I mean, much um, can, can anyone be the best medium surely they're all just medium medium mediums yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's Gordon Smith. Actually, I'm not completely surprised by that. They've uh, certainly a lot of things have changed uh, with Gordon Smith over the last few years. Uh, last year, in 2015, um, the two guys who set up the company—I can't remember their first names. Gordon. And no, no, <laughs> yeah, their surname is obviously Gordon and Smith. Okay. The two fellas. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Go- oh no, sorry. It's a first name, so it's Gordon. Uh, Gordon Whittam and John Smith uh, were the two fellas, and they okay. they passed it on. They uh, they sold the company to Auden um, Guitars. Um, that happened last year, yeah, or year before, right. and it went because we talked about it. I remember it. We maybe mention it, was, it, maybe it, it was on the yeah. previous podcast. It went for not yeah. as much money. Nowhere as you'd imagine. near as much as yeah. we thought. It well, was. Auden have done very little with it, other than keep it going. So at the time that um, uh, well, at the time before it was bought. Um, they were doing a range of guitars that were stock off the shelf and uh, certainly Auden have made no efforts to adjust the website so that element of the site is still there okay. but it's constantly empty because they don't make guitars right. anymore they only do custom orders Yes. the fantastic thing about Gordon Smith um, custom orders is you're looking at a 12 week turnaround that's a pretty bonkers time isn't it to get a guitar that's built amazing I mean admittedly weeks. yeah admittedly there are there are restrictions within it like you're not it's, it's you, you're choosing specs of something that's, that's sure like, so yeah, they yeah, have yeah, a body yeah. shape but then their body shapes even come in like you can even choose thicknesses of the body shape you can choose like net profiling there's a lot of detail into what you can request on the on the individual models which is great 12 weeks for that they have a list of colours that they'll do book but uh, they'll also do sort of any colour you want. And and the prices are the most incredible oh, I mean, things. But this was always the ethic behind Gordon yeah. Smith. They were always like, we, they they sort of, actually not very tactfully say, we don't make guitars to be pieces of furniture. They hate all this stuff. They would hate that PRS that we just yeah, did. Sure. They, they're into, I mean, I guess very much as they were sort of a, founded as a punk rock company, they're very much into making sturdy guitars that are there to be used. I think that's a fantastic ethic. And... Uh, makes me sort of really interested in in the brand the fact that you know these people just want to make something super reliable that's super good at what it does and And that's in my experience with them that is exactly what they are they're not fancy you know they're just a really good I mean the ones I've played have all been like Les Paul Junior styles so slab body Les Pauls basically Um, and they've all been fantastic 
definitely not fancy. That's not how I would describe them. Yeah, absolutely. Ever. I but, remember um, a couple of years ago, a, f- a friend of a friend of mine, Mark's, uh, bought a Gordon Smith and uh, had it shipped to where he lived. And um, when it showed up at his house, it was like there was a few finish flaws. Like he'd had it done in like in some sort of. It wasn't like lacquered or anything, and right. when it showed up, there was some like, there was some like scratch marks on the back from where like it had, there was some shavings left in the case or something right. like that, and you know there was a couple of dents on the wood and stuff like that, and he put it up on Facebook just being like, I don't really know, what, what do you think, guys? Is this like, is this a big deal? And um, like, the people who are into guitars and sort of know what, and I don't mean for this to sound sort of elitist, but like, the people who sort of know kind of what Gordon Smith is it's just like yeah that's like what you're going to get and yeah. everybody who everybody else was just like you should send that back you should send that back right now because that is unacceptable and we were just like that's kind of not like no. if that's I think, why they're so cheap and it's like you're not you're, you're definitely that, not yeah. going to get a museum piece no absolutely and but that's they're, they're very open about that on their website if you are looking for a guitar to to go on your wall at home Gordon Smith are not the ones they're for the working musician they make fantastic guitars uh, I, mean, I should explain who they're an alternative for really because um, because we, we said we'd do that as part of the uh um, the brand of the week they they really they they came whilst they've done lots of different models i think what really made them famous was their um uh, i think it's called the uh, yeah it's, it's the s model uh which which you can get in an s1 1.5 yeah. or 2 yeah and that is essentially their les paul yeah. junior yeah. model and they do it as a double cut or a single yeah. cut with a single and a humbucker um, two humbuckers or a single humbucker which you can also have as a P90 um, that's definitely their their sort of their big famous model um, and what's what's kind of really great about that is that if you don't depending on how much you uh, you spec up um, on this the cheapest price you can get it for is £600 yep. for a, and, and this is there are extras that can add that, that can add cost to it um, uh, sort of depending on what sort of finishes you go for, but you actually can order it completely custom built for six hundred quid. I I was messing around with it earlier, um, and I I spec'd one up actually for Tim sort of because they do they do left handed yes. as well, um, just well, and I spec'd it up with like quite a lot of real specifics on there, and it came to like six hundred and ninety quid or something. Right. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like the finish, the the additional charge for having your own finish or like your own custom finish. 50 pounds that's pretty bonkers <laughs> what the what? Um, and they're all lacquered finishes you can choose like matte or gloss like you can choose neck profiling uh you can choose like how thick the body is um you can choose sort of you know the the pickup uh they even do like a 12 string version of it and a volume booster loads of other sort of little things and I mean, down to the fact you can even choose the gauge of strings that it ships. Oh, with. nice! Like, I, like I just that. think I like that. amazing for the fact that it it costs virtually no money at all. But I mean, talking about them being sort of a quite a sort of punk rock brand and stuff, they actually, I guess, they follow that up because they're they're also actually listed um, as uh, one of the highest rated manufacturers in the UK according to ethical. Uh, at the ethical consumers table. Oh right. Now it's so, not not for guitars. That's yeah, yeah, for because, everything. Wow. Yeah. Uh, their standard wood is cedar, actually, that they make everything out of because it's the most e- like. easy to ethically source. And they do uh, they do a range. I mean, you're not stuck with cedar if that doesn't float your boat. They they certainly do do um, other choices, both for the wood and neck. You can get poplar, mahogany, and you can also specify your own. And I guess have a conversation with them about how they're going to source it. Yeah, I'll just I, I have a know. Brazilian rosewood body. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Can you give me a colour body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but still, really super cool. And I, I I love that about the company. I love that you can buy into someone that seemed to have. I think maybe just for me because I I think I agree with everything on there. They they they're sort of an ethically sourced guitar company that care more about how it plays than how it looks i just think those are all the right priorities with a guitar so um yeah that is that is gordon smith i mean uh, amazing that they've actually picked up some great players for example uh um uh, mick abrahams from jethro tull yep um which is pretty cool billy bragg uh plays one uh pete shelley from the buzzcocks 
Um, he's probably the most famous person to regularly use them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there are there are loads and loads of uh, uh, people. J- James Dean Bradfield had one for a while. Yeah, I know he's synonymous with Gibson, really, but mm-hmm. he certainly had one. Um, and I, yeah, just uh, absolutely for a company where you can buy a guitar for six hundred quid and have it sort of custom built and sent to you, and know that you're getting something from a place that um, you know makes guitars properly. Um, and thinks about where they're sourcing things from, I think is really cool. I've no idea why they're not bigger. I mean, I do yeah. know why. It's because Audin are doing nothing with them. And well, no, I also think that they're, um, you know, one of the one of the main ways that a company gets big in, you know, people, people want to play the guitars that they're buying. In general, yeah. people want to mm. play the guitars that they're buying. Yeah. And um, whilst Gordon Smith have, you know, they're, they're kind of, it's all well and good for us to sit here and be like, oh yeah, isn't this great? You can custom build your own guitar and it's really cheap. No yeah, shop's yeah. going to want to take no, that on. Absolutely no. not. Because, you know, how how was, how was were they ever going to make it work? For what it's worth, actually, one shop has Merchant City Music in Glasgow. Right. Um, do have made up some and right. have stock of them. That's the way to do it. I yeah, think. If you're sure. a retailer, it would be to just buy some, basically. Um, and kind of use it as a, like a... I guess as much as anything as a sort of marketing yeah. piece. Well, currently yeah. in the catalogue, there are 12 available models and Merchant City Music only stocked the one, which is the one I've talked about, the GS. The GS, yeah. And they, they just do it in a variety of colours. But um, the there are some interesting things that you should check out on there. They've they've got things like, they are more expensive. I mean, some of the other things. I really like the Galaxy, which is kind of their jazz box, sort right. of single cut. Uh, it's thirteen hundred pounds stock price. They also do the Ghost Rider, which is kind of like some of those old K's that I was talking yeah. about, which is really cool. I mean, those they're sort of twelve hundred quid. They've got a Strat, which looks pretty cool. It looks sort of somewhere between a, a Strat and a Burns that come in at sort of eight fifty. And they've even done their own really weird thing called the Graf model, which they but do. It is it looks similar to the Matt Bellamy. Uh, yes, it Manson does. I was model. thinking that. Yeah, it, it looks a lot like that Definitely. with a sort of angled single coil and the humbucker, but. Um, nonetheless, I think everyone, go, if you don't know about Gordon Smith, go and check him out. Why not have a mess around on the Guitar Builder and just see how ridiculously affordable you can have something made up for you in 12 weeks' time. You should um, make the only um, Gordon Smith that I've ever played that wasn't one of the GS models, which was one of the graduates. Oh, yeah. Um, with a rotor board and a purple burst flame top. That sounds awful. Beautiful. Oh, one thing I should mention is Gordon Smith are the oldest English guitar manufacturer. Is that true? Uh, to still be a- To still around. exist, yeah. right? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, definitely. Definitely. Um, shall we move on to some questions? Yeah, let's do that. Jay Cross, have you got any questions from the Amplify chat? Wait, yes. wait, wait. Questions. Indeed. Force. Questions, Force. Sure. Um, Seb says, a uh, question for Joe. I'm looking to buy a second-hand Ashton Electric Blue 180 combo. What do you think of them? A what? Ash- an electric oh, an, an Ashton. Ashton. I thought you said Aston. Uh, yeah, an Aston Martin. Uh, Ele- in electric blue. In electric. Yeah. He wants to buy 180 Aston. horsepower. Yeah. Oh, I remember the electric blues. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the the Ashton Electric Blue 180. Uh, well, it depends what it's for. Um, I thought the 180 was a bit underpowered. It's not really a gigging amp. And I think at the time, Ashdown kind of marketed it as being that. I like that it was their first foray into sort of uh, compact combos, yep. um, which was cool. But they released the 180, and I think they did another one. It was like a 220 or a 240 Something like that. 40 yeah, or 70. Yeah, yeah, That one was definitely better. The 180, I always felt, was just a little bit underpowered. So it depends what you're doing it for. Cool amp uh, to have at home because the the thing with the uh, with the Blues was they, they had the uh, the same... Um, uh, front panel as you get on the well, the the as you get on the last series of ABMs, yep. which gives you access to things like the compression, the subharmonic. I don't know if it had the valve driver actually. Yeah, um, I don't know actually, but it certainly had the others. And uh, and yeah, those are really cool, great things to to have around the home. I'd sort of um, I think as an alternative, you could you know they're not. It depends how much you're getting this for, but if you if you haven't seen the new Rootmasters. They are so affordable yeah. and actually really good, and have all of the controls off of the ABM series. Uh, I, and they're super lightweight and definitely gigable. And they do like a fifteen combo and a two ten combo. I, I think they're absolutely brilliant. So it, depending on how much you're paying for, check out the uh, the, the Root Masters as well because they are great. 
it's a weird no man's land, isn't it? The kind of um, small geeking amp in the bass world because it's very difficult to produce something <coughs> that's small enough and affordable enough that you can have at home, but also you can go and take out and do proper gigs with. Yeah. Um, anywhere between like thirty watts and two hundred watts is kind of a bit pointless in the bass world. Yeah, completely. Um, so, yeah, I guess that falls somewhere in, in that no man's land, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't want to aim at any less than 300, really. Um, there have been a few sort of 200 or 250 watt heads or combos that have turned up over the years every now and again. And every time I've just been like, man, this is just, it's a great idea, but just doesn't work. Like, yeah. uh, Galen Kruger did it. They did like an MB200, which was so super tiny and compact. And it was like, was great but i literally have to have it on full to play a gig yeah. and then you lose all you might as well get rid of the eq function on there because it's, it's not going to do anything no exactly yeah. and and the same happened with like tc electronic they did their their bg 250 stuff which i thought was the best stab at it and mark bass did it as well and all of them were just not it's as good very very hard market to uh to capture um the police have come to capture it so yeah. it's all good um, should we do one more question uh, should we do one from the Facebook group sure um, Carlos says think about buying a Fender Aerodyne Strat from Japan you can't get them in the United States I've never played one or seen one in person the question is for Europeans and anyone living in Japan who has played one um, how do they play do they look weird or cool I love Strats and have several American and Mexican ones looking for something different and I like the look of the Fender Aerodyne it will cost me a little less than a USA Strat in US dollars are they worth it Jay Cross um they're really good. Yeah. They're very good. Um, I... There's always been this... This thing with Japanese Fenders that, you know, you They're read super about... Cool. Well, you, there's always been that thing that you read about on the internet, like... Dude, better than Americans. Better than American guitars. And it's like... Okay, maybe some of them are. Maybe. In general, Japanese guitars aren't finished to the spec that most American guitars are finished. Absolutely not. Well, I, I really like the Japanese ones, but I... I Japanese Fender. No, I'm talking no, yeah. specifically about yeah, Fender yeah, exactly, right now. Yeah, exactly, but I completely agree with you. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an absolute myth. Yes, it's, it's a complete myth. And it's, you know, part of it, I think, comes from living in the UK where Fender Japan... Guitars from Fender Japan are pretty few and far between because Fender Japan is actually a separate company from Fender USA, uh, or F- FMIC, which is the Fender Musical Instrument Corporation. They're actually a completely separate company. I'm not company. sure that's 100% true or, anymore. Yeah, okay. I think maybe they've been consolidated back in or bought yeah, out or something really like sure. that. I'm not sure. That relationship's got more complicated over yeah, the years. But, but, but they certainly were a franchise for a long yeah, time. They were, yeah, so they were doing something different. Yeah, so. and, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole... Anyway... In general, the Japanese guitars are great, and I think they're great for the money. I think when you're getting to the point where it's going to cost almost as much as buying an American Strat, you need to think about why you want the Aerodyne. So the Aerodynes are very cool guitars, they've, especially if they're... Because um, the Aerodyne basses were through neck, weren't they? The no. Aerodyne- were they no, bolt oh, they were bolt the, the aerodynes basically what defines them is the, the um, binding around the binding around the body but they're also carved top carved top and carved oh, back oh yeah of course as well, I believe. Back. okay cool um, like I, I I played one a, about three years ago two years ago um, yeah we got in a run of them I remember that well no before that that because those aerodynes the, the recent ones that they did were Mexican I think so it depends really no they were Japanese it depends which aerodyne um, that Carlos is looking at there's been a few over the years so the ones that I think are available now are the flame top ones with a scratch plate um, which may have a humbucker in the bridge um, they come in funky colours like there's a red and like an aqua blue I think Right. Um, Jay, you looking them up Just now? Just trying to look it up. Yeah. There was an Aerodyne Strat that was completely black, no pit guard, m- looked much more like the Aerodyne bases. Yeah, that's the one I played. Yeah, so they're both great guitars. My take on it is both great guitars. If you've got, you know, an American Strat already, 
um, and you want something completely different, then it, this would be a great option. Yeah. Um, and it comes in at similar money. I don't necessarily agree that American guitars are always better. No, no, no. I that's not why they're different. The build yeah. is different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, personally, I would yeah, say okay. if you want something different, then go for it. The, uh, personally, I think the older, like the all black ones are super cool. Yeah. But if you want something with much more of a kind of modern super strat take on things, then maybe go for one of the ones that have got the white pit garb with the uh, flame tops on there. They're super 80s though, which I really strongly They are kind of, yeah. Well, they've got a kind of modernist vibe to yeah. them, which I guess is very, uh, very 80s. I think they are a, a really good option um, if you've already got your fill of, of the American stuff. So definitely that's my uh, hot take hmm. on Carlos's hmm. question well done um, and with that we're um, up over time so we should uh, we should call it an evening on this one it's an um, evening it is an evening we're going to go and do an extra half an hour's worth of content over on the Patreon page patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as $5 a month you get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every week this week uh, we are talking about the video one of the videos that we just put up actually the top five guitars of um, women guitarists signature guitars of women yep, guitarists um, so we're going to do the rundown talk about them what did we miss off the list What was I, I don't think I've watched it wait okay. did I film it yeah, uh, you do, you were there. You don't remember anything about it, do you? We set up the green screen. Do you remember? Yeah, I, I sort of remember that bit. Yeah, um, so uh, yeah, it will come back to me. We're going to talk about that, and we've had some comments on the YouTube channel about guitars that maybe we missed out. So we're going to do a kind of in-depth rundown on that. Um, and every week we do things like that, or we do you know how to sound like a particular artist. Um, so from five dollars a month gets you an extra half an hour's worth of, of guitar nerds podcast. From ten dollars a month, you become one of our executive backers, just like these people. Ding. Steve Merkel, Blair Thomas, Carlos Mancham, Andrew Marco, Mark Cross, J.D. Short, King of Beers, David Carroll, Andy McClenzie, Phil Clinton, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfrey, Jack Conroy, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Tomset, Laurie Anstis, Moo Gravit, Colin Anderson. That was your worst one yet because you were trying to do people's names correctly <laughs> and you muffed them up royally. You them up, yeah. um, Did you put Bill Clinton in there? Yes. Yeah, Bill Clinton, you know, gets slipped in um, every yes, week. He does. Um, so we're going to go and do that on Patreon. If you want to join in the conversation, you can either go to ampli.fi forward slash guitar nerds where we do this live every week and you can join in live or you can submit your questions to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum um, or you can follow us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds on Instagram at Guitar Nerds you can go to the YouTube channel youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos or you can follow us individually I'm Mark uh, what? I'm at <laughs> Mark underscore random Jay is at J-A-Y-B-M-1 and Joe is at Yosef underscore 900 Jay did a tweet this week that got 50,000 retweets um, you should go and check out what that was about uh, it's, it's- it's it's a bit weird. So silly. Uh, Jeremy Vine retweeted it. Basically, no, Jeremy Vine stole it. Uh, I yeah, called him out on it. Yeah, Jeremy Vine stole it. So go and follow that saga that's been ridiculous uh, at jaybn one on Twitter. You can also um, follow our uh, erstwhile colleague Matt Knight at Matt underscore Knightsy. Thanks so much for joining us th- this week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers, gang. Farewell. Bye bye. Be good. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started